0: Welcome to HealthCom Central, where we unpack theories and frameworks that can help you create more effective communication to improve both health outcomes and health equity. I'm your host, Karen Hilliard, behavioral scientist and longtime communication practitioner. If you're looking for fresh approaches that get real results, you are in the right place. So let's get started. Hello, HealthCom nerds and HealthCom novices. Welcome to another episode of HealthCom Central. You know, nothing feels worse than investing a lot of resources, time, money, staffing, sometimes all your hopes and dreams, into a public health campaign or intervention that fails. Now, if you've taken my training courses, and certainly if you've heard me teach about design thinking, you know that I embrace failure as part of the learning process, often we have to try something and find out that it doesn't work or find out why it doesn't work in order to find the approach that does. In fact, I think if you haven't failed, you're probably not trying hard enough to succeed. But at the same time, it's still our job to do everything that we can not to fail. We want to design absolutely the most effective campaign that we can and make sure that we've thought through whatever can go wrong. So what we have to do then Is think through the potential failure points. You're not gonna be able to eliminate all of them, but by anticipating what could happen, what could go wrong, you can do a pretty good job of mitigating those problems before they happen. The other key reason that you wanna think about your failure points in advance is because some of those are also gonna be places where you wanna pay special attention to your evaluation. Basically, at the end of your initiative, whether it's a campaign or intervention, whatever it is you're doing, if it doesn't succeed, you need to know why. I like to visualize any campaign that I'm working on or designing almost like a chain where each of the tactics is a link in the chain. And if at the end of the day, the campaign doesn't achieve its objectives, you want to be able to go back and know with some certainty which of those links in the chain were broken. And which ones were implemented exactly as you wanted it to be, exactly as you planned. So when I'm talking about failure points, I'm really thinking of breaks in the chain. Let's talk about a hypothetical campaign here for a minute and identify where the failure points might be. Let's say that this is a campaign to make sure that people take the right dosage of their prescription medicines. And, you know, taking the wrong doses is actually a pretty huge public health issue whether it's prescription medication or something like cold medicine that's bought over the counter, thousands of people every year mistakenly take the wrong dose, sometimes too much, sometimes too little, or they don't follow the directions on the label, and about a third of them wind up in the hospital because of that. So it makes a great deal of sense to consider a campaign to change people's behavior and help them take the correct dose so that they neither overdose themselves or Undertreat their condition. Okay, so that's the premise of this campaign. That's why it's important. Of course, if you conducted a campaign like this, it might be very hard to know exactly what people are doing once they get the medicine home. But there are a few statistics that you would be able to track pretty quickly. In fact, the main objective for this campaign is to decrease the number of reported accidental overdoses of medication, as indicated by a couple different things, the number of calls to poison control centers, and the number of visits to hospitals that are related to a wrong dose of medication. So you'll have those measures or metrics that you can depend on, and you can compare them to year-over-year data or compare one group of people who've had whatever intervention you're doing to another group that have not had that intervention. So in many ways, this is great news because this is a campaign where you're going to know the results right away unlike something where you're, you know, trying to prevent cancer that's diagnosed 10 or 20 years down the road. So you should be able to see a change or see that there is no change right away. So let's imagine that the campaign looks like this. The behavior that you want to encourage is for people to simply double check the label, read it twice to be sure. And so the slogan of the campaign is check twice. And you've created a flyer, that reminds people about the behavior and you're going to run the campaign for six months. And during that time, what's going to happen is that when a person picks up a prescription from a pharmacy, the pharmacist is going to put the check twice flyer in the bag. So let's talk about this campaign. What are all the things that could go wrong? If you got to the end of the campaign and you didn't achieve the objectives of fewer calls to poison control and fewer hospitalizations, you would wonder what happened here. You might even have some pretty good guesses about where the failure points were. But unless you had planned in advance to monitor or measure what was happening, you might really never know for sure where the breaks in the chain occurred. And that would be a shame because not only would you not know for evaluation purposes, but if you've been able to anticipate those failure points in advance, it might also have allowed you to prevent some of them to begin with. So here's what you need to do differently as you design a campaign, something that you may not be doing now. Even though the steps of your campaign may seem obvious to you, even though they may be captured in a logic model or captured in your strategic plan, I always recommend that you take time in advance to really sit there and think about every single aspect of your idea, every link in the chain and what could go wrong with it. You want to poke holes in every part and keep asking, okay, what could go wrong here? What could go wrong here here? So let's talk about it with this campaign. And incidentally, I know this may not be the most creative or best designed campaign you've ever heard of. Don't worry. It's just a simple example to use here, not a real campaign that I'm aware of. Okay. So for this check twice campaign, what are some of the things that you could name right away? that could be failure points. Well, first of all, you are depending on a pharmacist to put a flyer into a bag. What could go wrong? Well, they might not do it. You're depending on the patient to take the bag home and remove that flyer from the bag. What might happen? They might take the bottle of pills out of the bag and toss the bag without even removing the flyer. What else? They might take the flyer out of the bag, but they don't read it. Or they may take it out of the bag and read it and what? Maybe it doesn't appeal to them. Maybe they don't understand it from a health literacy perspective. It may not even be in the right language for the person who received that medication. What else could happen? They could read the flyer. They could like the flyer and understand it. And then 12 hours later, when they're taking their medication, they could forget all about it and forget to double check the dose. So in this very, very basic and simple campaign, we've identified how many failure points here four or five. So what can you do in advance to mitigate each of these potential failure points? And what evaluation can you put in place at each of these potential failure points that would help you know whether or not that point in the campaign contributed to your success or to your failure? Well, it really starts before you give those flyers to the pharmacist, right? Because you need to begin, of course, with audience research. So you want to segment the audience, you want to determine the appropriate language for the flyer, you want to ensure that it's nicely designed, that it's plain language, and you want to do some formative testing of the message to determine if it's appealing. Now typically what I know happens is that that first part of things gets done, the audience segmentation. Often if you really know your audience pretty well, you'll get the language right. But quite often we skip over the message testing part of things, either because it seems too complicated in terms of red tape and bureaucracy or too expensive, or we assume it's not necessary. Let me just say, it's always necessary to test a message. You want to know if it's appealing, if it's persuasive, if it's understandable. You want to test that slogan. And if you haven't done these steps, you're setting yourself up to fail. Something unexpected could still happen when people are on their own with that flyer. But by testing all of the different aspects that you can in advance, you're probably going to eliminate many of the potential failure points in terms of content. We're going to talk in a minute about how you can evaluate these during the campaign itself. The other part of the formative research is that you would ideally have members of the target audience describe for you what they do when they bring a prescription home in a bag. And you might, if you're able to do it, this is a little tougher, you might want to even do a little bit of ethnographic research where you observe what they do, where you're actually in their home as they arrive home with medication and you see what they do with that bag, how they handle the medicine, and so on. We'll come back to that in a moment. So let's say that you've done some formative testing and you actually have data to show that the material that you developed is appropriate and effective. So now what? All right, the next failure point we decided was going to be at the pharmacist level. What if the pharmacist isn't even putting the flyer in the bag? What could you do? How could you prevent that? How could you evaluate it? Well, it might be difficult to control that situation in advance. You could train the pharmacist and the farm techs, and that might help. You could check in with them during the process to see how it's going. But if you're asking them to self-report, and you probably would be if they're volunteer partners in this effort it's possible they might overestimate their consistency with the flyers or even fib about it a little bit because it would be more socially desirable to do so. And they may feel guilty if they haven't been more consistent. So how could you mitigate this upfront? Well, you could work with pharmacy associations or regulatory bodies maybe to strongly encourage or even mandate that the pharmacist put the flyer in the bag. You could ask pharmacies, probably the larger chain pharmacies, to put a pop-up on the cash register screen, reminding the employee who's handling the transaction to put the flyer in. You could also work with hospitals and poison control centers to track any incidents back to the pharmacy where a person's medicine was prescribed and see if there's a pattern that might be motivating to pharmacists and pharmacies not to create a pattern among their patients. So those are a few things that you could do on the front end to encourage the behavior to happen. Now, how about monitoring it in real time? How could you potentially measure how many flyers were being put into the bags overall? Well, you could give each pharmacy a really small number of them initially and then ask them to reorder when they're getting low. You could physically visit some pharmacies to check supplies, sort of do spot checks. It would probably be impossible to visit each and every pharmacy. Also, you might have a pretty good idea of how many transactions a pharmacy is doing or how many prescriptions they're filling. And you'd want to see the number of flyers that they are reordering track with those in some way. So there are a whole bunch of different ways that you could address this ahead of time and during the campaign itself. Our next potential failure point comes back to the patient. And it was that the patient might never take the flyer out of the bag. Remember I was saying that you could help head off this problem if you were able to get a better idea during your audience research about how people physically handle the bags that they bring home. But what else could you do? Any ideas? All right, well, one idea that I have is that you could place a coupon on the flyer so that there's something to incentivize people to take it out. That could work really well if it was coupled, perhaps, with the pharmacist actually saying something to the person, just a sentence or two, like, I'm putting a 20% off coupon in your bag, so be sure not to throw it away. And guess what? The other thing is that the number of coupons that are redeemed could give you some kind of evaluation metrics about how many people were receiving and reading the flyers. Not everybody's going to redeem the coupon, but it would give you some idea of whether the flyer is being seen and some ability to compare between different pharmacies and even different groups of people. Okay, so you've done a lot to be sure that the flyer is effective, that the pharmacist puts it in the bag and the person takes it out. Now, the next thing is how do we get the person to remember the message at the point of the behavior happening, especially if it's many hours or even a few days or weeks later? I mean, some people get prescriptions that they only take as needed. So it might be a couple months down the line before somebody actually uses the medicine. Thinking that through, you may say, okay, well, maybe a flyer isn't all that we need. Maybe it's not even the best solution here. Maybe what you really need instead is a sticker on the bottle or the package. Maybe you want both the flyer and the sticker on the bottle. Maybe you want to combine it with a text messaging campaign. So again, thinking about this on the front end will help you eliminate the problem on the back end of things. How could you actually evaluate and know whether people remember? That's a tougher one. It's not going to be directly observable unless you do some ethnographic research where you go into people's homes, but that's qualitative and it's going to be very small samples. So it might not be that useful to you. On the other hand, maybe you could do a campaign to get people to post selfies or videos of themselves doing the double check, maybe with a chance to win some prize. Maybe you send a survey to patients or you do it by phone, you could send it by text, you could call them, and ask people to recall their behavior, whether it's about this specific behavior of checking the dose hours later, or maybe the survey is designed to ask them about every part of things from the conversation with the pharmacist to their awareness of the flyer to their behavior when taking the medicine. That's a lot of stuff, and I know that sometimes you may not be able to do all of these mitigation and evaluation steps, but some of them are not that difficult, not that expensive, and they're so much better than wasting money on a campaign that doesn't work as it was intended to, especially when that campaign that doesn't work as you intended to, and you're not exactly sure why. But I hope you can see here that just by asking the questions, we were able to talk through possible ways to make the campaign more effective. We were able to think of what you could observe directly and what you couldn't, to think of ways to anticipate, to monitor and motivate behaviors and responses, and to evaluate them during the campaign itself. The more failure points that you can think of in advance and address, the fewer failure points you're going to have in your actual campaign. The more of those things you can monitor and document and know that they are working well, the more aspects that you're going to be able to replicate in future campaigns. You'll know that what worked well here is the sticker on the bottle combined with the flyer. In fact, you can maybe even set up some A-B testing where you have several groups that receive different kinds of interventions and you're able to compare the results from those groups. Ultimately, what we want to know from evaluation is what went right and what did not, but also why. A few of you may be saying, oh yeah, well, those failure points were so obvious. Of course, we would have thought that through. But let me say this. When I'm asked to consult with even top public health agencies, I find that many of these links in the chain that we've just talked about are missed or glossed over. All too often at the end of a campaign or an intervention or even an entire strategic plan, a group of smart, experienced public health practitioners cannot even say if they succeeded or failed, let alone why, because they didn't have the evaluation in place to pinpoint what happened. And I also know that when I teach this same example in my training courses, again, with smart people, I often find that people can identify maybe one or two potential failure points and how to mitigate them but they have trouble spotting other ones that may have seemed obvious to you here today. So what I'm saying here is that this kind of hard look at what could go wrong at every single step may seem like something obvious, but it is not always happening in reality. And lest you think it is negative to dwell on all the things that could go wrong, let me leave you with one big takeaway. Thinking hard about failure is what leads to success. I would love to hear from some of you about the campaigns or interventions that you've worked on in which you were able to identify a failure point. Maybe you were able to correct it in advance, maybe you were able to correct it midstream, or maybe you only recognized it at the end, but you're able to learn from it to build better initiatives in the future. So please reach out to me with your stories. You'll find HealthCom Central on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or you can send me a message at training at healthcomcentral.com. Again, training at healthcomcentral.com. That is it for this week's episode. If you're not getting our episodes every Wednesday, as soon as they drop, you can subscribe anywhere that you get your podcasts. And if you got friends or colleagues or students, whether they are healthcom nerds or healthcom novices, please do share the link. Until next week, be well, stay safe, and stay science-based. Bye for now. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment now to leave a rating and review. Be sure to subscribe to HealthCom Central on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have friends and colleagues who should be part of our community, please share the link.